If you want to be a leader, if you want to grow as a person and as a professional, no matter what industry you are in, you will inevitably find yourself being the bearer of bad news. A lot of times that's in an HR situation. Sometimes that bad news or those difficult conversations are held with a partner or a colleague. And I will break this to you because I've learned this the hard way. Sometimes in leadership, it's not even your own bad news, but you are obligated to deliver it. So the earlier you master the art of having these difficult conversations, the better you will be and the better everyone around you will be. So let's dive into it on this episode of the Rising Tide Talent Show. Rising Tide lives all ships Okay, this is going to probably break your heart and really feel painful if you are a people pleaser or if you are a human because you have feelings and you have empathy and you are not trying to hurt people with your words and your decisions. But as a leader, I am telling you right now that you will frequently find yourself in a position where you have to tell somebody something that he, she, or they do not want to hear. And as I alluded to in the show intro, it will not always be your own decision. In leadership, you are often the person who is working with others at an upper level, getting their feedback. And if a decision is made by the team, you carry it out. And so this has become a real tipping point as I talk with marketing pros who are looking to become CMOs. And as I have discussions with colleagues and we share the really brutal, honest truth about what leadership feels like in the current environment. And at least in my experience, some of these elements of leadership are not talked about and are certainly not talked about at the level where I felt prepared to start delivering these difficult discussions. And if I'm really honest with myself, I don't think that I was a particularly effective communicator of bad news earlier in my career and really when I was getting into higher and higher leadership roles. And if I'm gracious with myself, it's because I don't love conflict and I certainly don't want to hurt people. And I know that that's probably you as well. But in hindsight, my lack of clarity, my lack of direct conversation, and my probably, you know, overuse of this empathetic side of me, it really actually made the experience more painful and less clear than it needed to be for the person who ultimately was receiving the bad news. And I'm sharing this with you now because I have been engaging in conversations with colleagues, people who are at a similar level in their career as I am, people who have multiple team members or employees or contractors reporting to them. So we've amassed more direct reports as a, as a function of leadership, but we are still reporting to others, whether it's in kind of a cross-functional leadership team or we ourselves have are directly reporting to a supervisor or we are the founders of our own business Unfortunately or unfortunately, the buck kind of stops with us. And so we are by nature having more of these conversations. And I think the most common example that I can give is in an HR situation. 
And I want to tell you before I get into the tactics and the logistics and the strategies that will make this, again, not just better for you, but better for the person who's getting the bad news. Because by the way, if you think that it's a bad day for you, you go home and you get to move on, right? It's not that it won't sit with you. I can I can remember pretty much every difficult conversation I've had in my life, whether I was on the receiving end or I was delivering it. It doesn't actually go away, but I moved on, Right. For the people who have found out that their jobs are no longer available or they didn't get that opportunity or the promotion or the bonus that they really wanted and felt they deserved or they were moved into a different role, all of these scenarios, it's a lot harder on those people. Like They don't get to just move on the next day. And again, I find that this really understandable human need for us to feel better about ourselves being the deliverer of bad news, we aren't entitled to that. I don't feel that that I'm entitled to make it easier on myself. I am entitled uh, to make it as easy on myself as possible while keeping the main thing the main thing. And in a scenario where, and again, let's just be as specific as possible, if you find yourself having to tell someone that their job is no longer, that they're being terminated from their job or they're being laid off, or they're on a performance improvement plan, which happens in a lot of growing organizations, telling somebody that their future is now disrupted or completely derailed because of something they have either done or not done, it is brutal. It's brutal for you giving the news. It's brutal for the person receiving. But again, this happens every single day in corporate America, in large organizations, in small. Uh, it's just this, this is leadership, you guys. And if you are aspiring to be in this more senior role, if you want to be in the C-suite, if you want to be a director, if you want to be the founder of your own company, you need to anticipate that this will be an important part of your job. And there are a lot of ways that you can do it wrong, or you can do it in a way that is more harmful than helpful. And an example that I'll give is in the HR space. Now, I was working for a very fast-growing organization at the time. We had a lot of objectives, a lot of initiatives, a lot of initiatives that we were working on, and we were as cross-functional as we could be at the time. But I look back and I realize there were certainly some gaps. And as somebody who was in senior leadership at the time, I have to also own the responsibility of how that happened. And one of the burdens of that responsibility was that when we as a senior team looked at our organizational chart, looked at how effective certain departments were and certain team members were, we made the incredibly difficult decision to terminate a number of team members and essentially wipe out an entire department. Now, again, there is a valid separate conversation to be had for who screwed that up. How did we get to the point where an entire department of people was not properly educated, empowered, um, inspired, like whatever it was, I really have to say that the burden in that case probably, not probably, certainly fell on leadership of which I was a part. So I just, again, I want to own all of the things that led up to it, because it's very hard for me to feel bad for myself for being in a position to make a change on the team when I was also a direct part of growing that team and teaching that team. And I missed the mark. The team missed the mark because there is no scenario where eight people are let go all at the same time uh, if there isn't a gap or a lapse in leadership. But the conversation that day, the conversations, eight, back to back to back to back, were extremely difficult because these are people that I knew and that I liked 
who had families, who had, you know, bright futures, who were counting on this job to pay bills and for their future opportunities. And I was the one telling them on this day that is no longer the case. And uh, at the time, we did not have a, an official HR team. We were small and growing. I did not have the benefit of a lot of leadership mentors myself to whom I could have said, hey, I have to do this thing. Any tips? Like, how do I, how do I do this in a way that doesn't feel awful? I wish in hindsight I had had that, which is one of the reasons I really wanted to speak about it and share this with you today. Because if I can give you any advice or any tips to make this a better process than the painful, horrible conversation that I was a part of, then that is a big win, not just for me, hopefully also for you and for anyone who you are going to be speaking with. So in this HR scenario, uh, and I talk with leaders every day who are having to have these same conversations, whether it's an employee who just wasn't a good fit or a department that's being phased out or a marketplace shift, there is a, you know, just something happened with growth or with sales or a recession or whatever it is that just meant that the team was going to be impacted. And I find that the most important thing, and I definitely crib this from different mentors after the fact, I think I have gotten, I know that I've gotten much, much better at these conversations over the years and with unfortunately a lot of practice. But the most important thing that I feel you can do when you are leading a difficult discussion is to absolutely not beat around the bush. You can lean on empathy and you can lean on grace and you can try to soften it after you have delivered the bad news. But anything short of that to me is gaslighting. It is unfair and it is setting the person up for embarrassment and just like the the worst experience that you can imagine. So in a scenario where you are letting someone go, I find, and obviously work in parallel with your HR team, there are all sorts of legalities and different things that you can and cannot say. But I find in general that it is best to say something like, we need to have a difficult conversation. I've made the decision or the team has made the decision that we are going to have a structural change in the organization. And unfortunately, that means that your role is being eliminated eliminated as of today. And obviously change the details. Uh, But delivering in the first sentence to me is a much more humane and fair and effective way of delivering the bad news so that you can then answer any questions. You can have empathy. You can soften it. You can handle whatever the fallout is because most people are going to react emotionally. They're going to be angry. They're going to be sad. They're going to be confused, right? If you have, if you were in a scenario where the writing has been on the wall, you've had multiple conversations, this can be a little bit easier. It doesn't feel like this is the first I've heard of it, but for better, for worse, there is just no, I have not been in a scenario where everyone hugs it out and this is the best day of your life. And again, remember I'm somebody who has been very open about my own painful experience going through a transition out of a role in leadership when I was experiencing a lot of burnout and a lot of mental health issues because of the work and the boundaries that I had failed to set and then ultimately was laid off during this time. So I am somebody who is extremely close to this topic of being laid off when it feels like the worst thing that could ever happen to you and knowing how... I received the information and where I think that could have been done differently, done better, where I could have been different and better as the person receiving it. That's all wrapped up in this conversation. I'm still very close to that deeply personal experience and not acknowledging that would feel very fraudulent to me. But again, if you were in this scenario, the sooner 
And the more immediately you can tell the person what is happening and what the decision is, don't leave a lot of room for nuance unless they're actually, unless this is an actual negotiation, unless you are looking for feedback, unless you are looking for your mind to be changed. And that's a dip, that's a different conversation. That is not you delivering a decisive bad piece of information. This is a, that would be a conversation. And I find again, if you leave it open at all to how do you think things are going or you, you know, are too familiar or too friendly or too personal. How's your family? How are things going? If you beat around the bush, then ultimately what happens when you deliver the bad news is that person then feels this deep level of embarrassment. Like, what were we just doing for the last few minutes? Why was I telling you about my family and my kids and all of this stuff when you're about to completely shift my landscape and my and my family situation and have this devastating impact? And so again, as much as my heart and my soul want to be as empathetic and friendly and make this as light as possible in delivering the news. I find that that is actually about the person delivering it, me, you, if you're in that scenario, then the person receiving it. And I want to encourage you to flip it around and really think, if I were going to get bad news, how would I like it to be delivered? And this is a rip the bandaid off approach that I find is much more effective, even though it is hard. In the 10 seconds that you are saying, we have to have a difficult discussion. Unfortunately, we've made the decision to terminate your role effective on this date at this time. I'm happy to answer any questions about what that transition will look like and make sure that you feel supported in any way as we do make this change. But again, I want to let you know that this decision has been made and it is effective X, Y, and Z. Like that, even saying it as this anecdote, as this hypothetical situation made me feel sweaty, made me feel anxious. It's not a fun thing to do, but again, Anything short of that is setting the person up for a very, very bad day. What is already going to be a hard day will become compounded because of the way that you have delivered it. And so I use this tactic anytime I'm having any type of difficult discussion. Um, another example is I frequently work with subcontractors in my current role as a fractional CMO. I am really a solopreneur, but I bring in uh, related and relevant team members as needed for that particular project. So if we need a graphic designer, I'll bring in a graphic designer. If we need somebody who is a paid ad specialist or an SEO specialist or a copywriter or a video editor, I will bring those people in. Now, my expectation is that if we have communicated clearly about the contract and the agreement and the deliverables and the scope of work and the payments and all of that stuff, and if we have done that at the beginning, then it is my expectation that my contractor will meet that. And if he or she or they are not prepared to meet it, if there is some reason that something can't get done on time or done the way we discussed, then we have that conversation before the deadline has passed. That is the nature of marketing. That is the nature of business, right? Not everything goes according to plan. A scope creep comes in technical snafus happen. I'm extremely empathetic to that as a person who has been in the implementation business for most of her career. But what I am not tolerant of is when that deliver, when that missed deadline kind of goes uncommunicated or when I find out after the fact, or when I'm the one looking at a contract and realizing something hasn't been done, when I'm in the final stages of testing something and I uncover a very obvious bug or a missing feature or something that's broken, that's frustrating to me. And in order for me to get the outcome that I need, which by the way, these are also, as you step into leadership, these become much more expensive mistakes or expensive things. And if it's not the financial output, it's also the missed opportunity. If something isn't done by a team member or a contractor on time, then everything else has an avalanche effect and becomes 
you know, it doesn't hit the mark, it doesn't hit the deadline, you miss opportunities, you miss sales, all of these negative consequences. So it's critically important. This is like being nice about it is a very expensive choice, not being firm and standing inside your role as a leader. It is a very expensive consequence. I am not a screamer. I'm not a yeller. I'm not somebody who is mean or rude. I really have no tolerance for rudeness, even when someone has made a mistake. But I will tell you that everyone involved will feel better about the outcome if you are clear. So an example is uh, I've been working with a vendor in the SEO space and did not feel like the deliverables that I had paid for and had contracted for were being met both from a time timeline and also just weren't happening at all. And so I raised this pretty directly, professionally, but directly. I didn't beat around the bush. I didn't leave a lot of room for nuance. And I said, I need to have a difficult conversation with you because I'm looking over our agreed terms and I can see several things that have either missed the deadline have not been started or have not been done effectively enough in my mind that this is worth the return or this is worth the investment that I have made. How I would like to work with you now to adjust this so that we can feel good moving forward. Not fun, right? It's not fun to be the mean one or to be the person who pushes back. And I will throw one more card in here. I I've only ever been a woman. I only know what it's like to be a woman operating in this space. But my sense from doing this and from the reaction that I get and from talking with other colleagues, both women and men, that it is especially difficult to do this as a woman who is in leadership and in business because you are by nature having to be firm, having to be sometimes not mean necessarily, but direct and professional and take out any of the sort of freely friendly parts of it. You have to deliver this news and you have to be really clear and cutthroat about it. That is not something that is natural to me. I find myself wanting to make a joke or making a self-deprecating comment or ask about X, Y, and Z that has nothing to do with this, but that's not effective for me to get what I need. And it's really, again, not fair to the vendor. Now, the outcome might be that that vendor is terminated, that the agreement is ripped up or that there is some other compensation. You know, I get a discount, I get a refund. Uh, we could agree to disagree. There are, it can certainly get contentious, but if I'm direct and I say, this is what I'm seeing, this is my expectation, it's not meeting my expectation in this, this, and this way, and this is how I need it to be resolved, there's no room for misunderstanding. Like We can get to the heart of the problem. And being willing to have those difficult skin-crawling conversations, the, the discussions that aren't fun in the moment and that don't feel good long-term – being willing to do that and to be direct and to specifically say, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm seeing, and this is what I need. How are we going to work together to get this done? That gets me what I need much more effectively than when I beat around the bush or when I am passive and I don't raise this as an issue. Ultimately, if there's a problem, I see it, I know it, and I don't call it out. That problem doesn't magically go away. It becomes more expensive. It derails more of my objectives. I get more frustrated. And frankly, I think the vendor probably understands this is our relationship. I can miss deliverables. I can miss deadlines. I can step all over this person. And I don't want that as a leader. That's not that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not how I'm going to run my business. It's certainly not how I'm going to keep my clients. And so there is, uh, you know, obviously a financial impact if I'm not willing to do this. So having these difficult conversations, being direct, not leaving any room for nuance, being really clear, even when it is painful to say the words and to be the bearer of this bad news, the sooner that you can develop 
the thick skin and really practice this, the better. Every time I have a direct, difficult conversation with someone, I get better at it. I am still a work in progress. I had a conversation recently where I audited myself after the fact and I thought, well, that could have gone a lot better. I could have done X, Y, and Z differently. I understand why this person reacted the way they did because I was not clear in the beginning about what was happening and what I was feeling. And so I'm working on this as I go. And I don't want you to feel like there is some script that you need to follow. And I do not want you to feel like you can't be an empathetic person right? We are humans. We don't like conflict. We don't like being perceived as being the bad guy. And we want to ultimately make the bad news as easy to digest as possible. But sometimes bad news is just bad news. And we are not entitled to feel better about being the person giving it. They can go find a friend who is going to chew us out. They can go find a family member who is going to complain and vent and let them hear all of the reasons why Big Bad Katie is the worst. They are entitled to that. I am entitled to that when I receive criticism or feedback I don't like or bad news or a decision is made. I get to go react however I want to react. And the person who gave me the news is not entitled to feel better. That is leadership. And if that's not something you feel like you can do, then I have to tell you the leadership track is going to be more difficult for you. Now, let me just give you this final note. If you find yourself in leadership and you are now having more and more of these difficult conversations where you are sort of the bad guy, make sure you're taking care of yourself as well. Again, do not put the burden on the person who is receiving the bad news to make you feel better. If you are firing somebody or you are terminating a contract or you are criticizing someone's work and providing feedback that they don't want to hear, you don't get to end the conversation with them hugging you and telling you it's okay, right? They get to be the ones who are wounded. (laughs) Whether that's objectively fair or not, they get to be wounded because it is a bad day for them. But take care of yourself as well. Go home and tell a friend or a family member, hey, I had this really difficult day and I had to be the bad guy and it kind of sucked. Or make sure that after you had a conversation, you give yourself the literal physical space, like take a walk, go get a cup of coffee, end your day early, take a 10 minute break and listen to a podcast or call a friend. Like you have to give yourself the space and the grace because it will be extremely painful for you to go through this. Letting eight people know on the same day that their jobs were being terminated, one of the worst days of my life. Giving an employee a performance improvement plan that she was not ready for or did not particularly respond well to, one of the hardest days of my life. Terminating a client because we were not a good fit and communicating very clearly that this was not something that was up for discussion. I wanted to be professional, but I wanted to cut it off right away not a great day. These were all very, very hard and painful days. And I cried and I was sad and I was mad and I was frustrated. And that's how I felt. And so you have to give yourself the space and the grace and the support as a leader, because again, being the bad guy is a really, really painful thing, but it is critically important. And you will have to deliver bad news in your career whether you're excited about it or not. So the better you can get at it, the better you will feel, the better the person receiving the bad news will feel, and the more resilient you will be as you continue on in your leadership and growth. Rising tide lifts all ships, it lifts all ships, it lifts all ships. Rising tide lifts all ships, it lifts all ships.
Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Talent Show. For more, follow at Rising Tide Talents on Instagram and visit risingtidetalents.com. You'll find show notes, resources, and more from today's episode. It's all at risingtidetalents.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Katie Widrick, and you can find me at kwidrick. Until next time, remember, a rising tide lifts all ships.